You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And we got a guest today in the way of Matt Purse of Oxen and Unsustainable Social Condition and Fenyon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> What's up, Matt? <laughs> What's happening? Thanks for having me. Hello. Yeah, this has been, uh, hey. this might be our most uh, sort of an- delayed, anticipated episode. We've been talking to Matt about talking about, well, you you already saw the title, yeah. so you know <laughs> it's time to talk about Hannah Trash. Yeah. And uh, Matt How was, are we going to say it? We're going to say Hannah Trash? We're going to yeah, say Matt, how do you Hannah Trash? What, uh, what's your vibe? Sure. It's, it's Hannah Trash. Oh, there you go. So I'm going to try to do it close to that. We'll see what happens. Hana Tarash. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, that's it. Hana Tarash. Yeah, you got well, it. Well, it's got my name right in the middle. So <laughs> Exactly. That it is. That it is. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're really excited to discuss this seminal and historic yeah. album. And so much going person on. to do it with. It is so much going on. <laughs> it's so, very so exciting. <laughs> Yes. But of course, before we dig into the album, we got to talk about some recent listening. How about we do a guest sandwich? Gray, why don't you go? Then Matt, then us. How does that sound? I, yeah, I can cool. do that. Sandwich. Uh, sandwich. Be really easy for me because I haven't been listening to too much. Uh, one thing that I played that I absolutely loved is the new Lucy and Aaron record, which mm-hmm. is on Hanson. It's uh, Aaron Dillaway and Lucretia Dalt. And it is super warped and weird and classic Dillaway tape loop stuff, but with some sort of like experimental pop meandering into that and weird influence. Uh, it's a strange, strange record uh, made even stranger by some cover art by old friend Peter Schoolworth. So it looks so good. It's a it's a wild record and uh, highly, highly recommended if you haven't checked that one out. And. Otherwise, I've just been, uh, I don't know, I've been in a real, like, EBM zone, so I've been listening to, like, a lot of 90s EBM, you know, 80s and 90s, some Front 242 and Clinic and some of the, like, you know, Leather Strip and Apoptigma Berserk and some of that sort of stuff. So not really on the noise tip. It's kind of a, the weather's gotten nice out and uh, I'm just, I'm kind of, you know, some party jams. Uh, And aside from that, in prepping for this, I watched... A ton of, well, not a ton of, but a good handful of live Hanatarash videos, uh, which there are some great ones. Of course, unfortunately, no footage of the uh, no. legendary mythic <laughs> bulldozer show. <laughs> but there's some other shows where it's, oh, yeah, just, uh, you know, I is throwing around like 30 oil barrels. <laughs> Yeah, just total trash sound or uh, the 30 second comeback gig once uh, he got unbanned from performing and he's just standing there, arms out at the sides and not doing anything for 30 seconds. And that's it. So yeah. there's some great, uh, cool performances and some interviews on the Internet that you can find. And uh, if you decide to look, give those a watch. Matt, what have you been listening to lately? Um, the, so there's an artist from Texas, uh, called Kenny and he's got a thing called skating and I'm a big fan. I've been a fan of his for a few years now. So new forces has a great new, as, as always a good new batch, but pale faced feeders by skating. Um, I think it's like a, I want to say it's like a C10 or something, but I just, it's one of these that is the perfect 
argument for cassettes and noise and the right length and you don't really need more than i think it might even be a c15 but it's absolutely perfect not not a moment is wasted it's really fulfilling this you know, this, this guy's actually on, on uh, the recent seven inch sunday episode we discuss how much c10s rule and yes. how great that mm-hmm. how what a great format that is it, 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 it's almost like ah, oh, geez unless you're like I don't know. I mean, that, 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 that's what made, so, so when Tronics first would like put out the CDs, I'm like, God, a, a CD, I, a, really a full length. And, but they were, you know, right. It, it's definitely taking a gamble because <laughs> up to, up, yeah, up to that point, but now, and I'm obviously this has been quite the year for noise CDs, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 100%. so I get the, this, you know, scathing cassette and I'm like, this is, yeah, I'm back to it. This is great. This is absolutely perfect. This is exactly what I needed. No more. So <laughs> right on. I've been listening to it. Right. Yeah, hey, if you if you want more, play it again, right? With the short uh, yeah, stuff, I just like. let it go, and I've got it in the car. So yeah, it's a perfect drive to work thing. Yeah, nice, nice. What else? Man, that's 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 all that comes to mind right now. I'm, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it over to the Connollys. Yeah. Right on. Well, we like Gray have been watching a, a lot of stuff, and I had never seen uh, that performance on Italian TV of Jojo, Junko, Mayuko Hino, and Astro. I was actually oh. shocked because I, I just assumed no. we had watched it. I mean, I, I I was like, she's like, wait, I've never seen that. I'm like, wait, really? Yeah. You've never watched that? No. So how amazing is so that? So that was great. Yeah. We watched that. And then I love when I love when Mayuko's walking through the audience screaming and <laughs> handing the mic to the <laughs> And everybody's just going, ah, <laughs> I think they won them over towards the end though, didn't they? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. By the end, they totally it was won awesome. Them over. Um, and then, of course, watched like Hijakaiden performances, like when the lady's being covered in paint and all of that. And uh, the CCCC interview um, uh, <laughs> on art demolition. On art demolition with Mayuko Hino. And she says, um, I fuck art and I fuck music. <laughs> and that made me so happy. They were like, Do you like to say you make noise or you make music? What do you, what do you say? And she says, I, I fuck art and I fuck music. And I yeah. love that so much. Ab- absolutely. She is She's, a goddess. She is the greatest. And gearing up for this episode, we pulled out a CD recently, yeah. semi recently released <laughs> yeah. on Tronics. Yeah. Uh, unsustainable social condition, seductive distress. Yes. And uh, I heard, fr- I heard tell from the CEO of Tronics that <laughs> there might only be a handful of copies left. So yeah, get let's in go there. ahead and let's go ahead and sell that out for yes. Matt and Phil. But yeah, I mean, just absolute. In the beyond the red, I think is I think it's a new <laughs> term. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What happens when it goes past the red? Like you, you're like you know, you, you get this CD. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perfect Hell answer. Yeah. Thank Hell you yeah. for that. Exactly. Thank Heck you. Yeah. No. Fantastic. And actually, we we saw. I'm trying to think. I I think the last time we saw you play would have been with the Cherry Point. That's right, and uh, and the reader, right, and and yeah. Ted Burns, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a while ago. It was, and that recording was like, I'm like, I wanted to do something that was like that for Phil, for Tronics, because that it, there's little movement in that, and that show was little movement. I'm used to doing a little bit more sonic movement, but I purposely it was like, 
I don't know if you know the story of when um, James Caan made Misery. And I guess they cast him because he looks like a guy that's fidgeting all the time. And so if he's going to be strapped yeah. to the bed, it's like, that's who you want to watch struggle where he spends most of the movie strapped to the bed. I would be a good cast for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the wiggling. So that was me. And I, and like, I remember Charlie came up to me afterwards. He's like, you look like you were just forcing yourself to not touch a pedal <laughs> and he, he was right i wasn't that's that discipline you know and so that's what i aimed for with that cd and like each track is meant to get progressively less you know movementy i guess so you know what wow. success because yes. i mean you. it was definitely it was definitely like wow this is there is he locked in Just, you know mm-hmm. Being on Tronics is a success. So, man, that's that's like one of the happiest things I could have ever done. So, yeah, I feel thank that. you guys for bringing that up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Sh- shout out to Phil. Thanks, of man. Course. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he actually stated that you are the uh, nicest guy in noise. So, uh, it's very uh, sweet of him. It's very oh, sweet. That's a great honor. There's lots of sweetie pies in Matt, noise. Matt, Matt's, that like, is Matt's awesome. like, oh, it's funny because they got all these dead bodies behind me. So I'm glad that I fooled everybody. Yeah, right. That's always I got half one. a dead cat sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, this, th- you know what? There's a Hannah Tarash connection to that, to that sentence. There is. Oh, I yeah. brought it up. Oh, yes, there, there is. I was yes. attempting a segue. Yeah. Well done. You did it. You you. did it. Success. Success. Good job. Well, it is time to discuss the first Hannah Tarash LP. But before that, a quick word from our sponsor. Out now on Misanthropic Agenda, Dave Phillips' To Death CD. Inspired by and dedicated to death, our only certainty in life. 80 minutes intended to be listened to as one continuous session. As the cycle begins... It also must end. Misanthropicagenda.com. And I think I already mispronounced the band name, so we'll just go ahead and chalk that up to my <laughs> always mispronouncing things. But, well, here we actually, the band name is slightly different on this first album. So, yeah, like, I mean, speaking of I, Yamachka I, so he, th- there's three yep. different ways that he kept changing his name. So they, at some point, though, mm-hmm. the I was dropped, right? So Hana Tarashi mm-hmm. um, was dropped for Hana Tarash. And, and, and I'm not sure what the motivation is, was I think it sounded less cutesy when you drop the I is potentially the motivation. And then his name was Yamatska, Yamantaka, and Yamatka. So these are the three. I think it's ended up with Yamatka now, but I no one knows. <laughs> At least Just I'm not saying. sure why. Yeah, exactly right. Just and I read in, a, in an interview, um, which were difficult to find, but he chose the name I um, after his sister Aiko. Uh, yes. So he liked the first syllable and just used the English spelling. The AI. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I means love. So yeah, and he just, Aww. but he just turned it around and he did the backwards E, which, you know, kind of like the backwards R and MSBR, which I always felt was a shout to the USSR, kind of how they do that. Yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a connection there, but this is all Osaka, so anything's possible. I think also, you know, the the word is a palindrome, right? And yes. uh, so, and, and the, uh, Y is one of those letters that is uh, symmetrical. So you could flip yeah. the E and then it uh, looks like, you know, there could be a mirror splitting the Y. I think you hit it. So I've, I've got a, I had him sign my, uh, I had Yamatsuka, I signed my UFO or die CD and he kind of drew it like, like how you're describing it, Greg. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think you hit it. <laughs> so, right so when did you come to 
either Boredom's or any of I's projects. And, and what what was the Boredom's the first thing you came to? What was your what's your path to get to here? So that that path to that and this album is my path to noise. The, the two are, are are you can't separate them. So, but the path to that was um, John Zorn. So I. Being an SST guy, I got everything that was, you know, uh, Who's Gonna Do, Minutemen, and then, of course, Sonic Youth. And then I had a friend living in New York who would send me stuff from Pure Platter Records, and he knew I was into jazz, so he sent me Spy versus Spy, which was John Zorn's working of Ornette Coleman. And I'm like, nope, doesn't work for me. It's shit, I fucking hate it. And he goes, well, then I think you want Naked City. This would have been about 91. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is definitely closer to the mark. And then and I feel like Torture Garden was around 91, too. It, f- it felt hot on the heels to that. So, but I didn't have Torture Garden, so I went to Aaron's Records where my friend Damien Romero was the the buyer for um, Experimental and Noise and, and that. And I said, I'm shout looking out, for... Shout out to hey, Damien. Damien. <laughs> much, oh, yeah. much love to Damien Romero the, now the, and forever. The, Oh, absolutely. Will not be the last mention of him as we go through this. But uh, so I went there and he goes, oh, if you like, yeah, we have Torture Garden. Here it is. And also, if you like that, you're into Yamat Sky, whether you know it or not, here are some Hana Trash and I think some gross cassettes that he had. And uh, he loaded me down. Wow, and it was amazing. all import. Um, I didn't know until recently that Mason Jones was the guy bringing that back from Japan. That's right. Mm-hmm crazy how you know years later you find out who who really anyway right. so damien was the guy that turned me on to that and i i brought it all home oh, and i think kk null he gave me the one of the solo kk nulls and um and and ob was part of the gross stuff but i kept coming back to this because that that first track that that kind of squeal of feedback to the i'm like yeah, i don't oh. know what that 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 cuts right to everything i love everything's reduced to that and that includes any of the other osaka noise stuff mm-hmm. um so that was the path i i was like yeah actually john zorn's fine it, it's okay it, it scratches an itch but this is it this is ground zero and i just listened to that over and over and over again it's funny <laughs> I mean, actually my first experience with i was also zorn related uh mm. through the project painkiller okay yeah right and uh super with, harsh yeah i still love that stuff it is just nasty and and while naked city didn't quite do it for me painkiller really did somehow so yeah yeah, yeah. that was those were i think we've talked about like the uh borders cutout section those were like the all the subharmonic and some of that stuff those cds were all like three dollars like fax cds and, and subharmonic and so just like the once as soon as i found out they were weird i just started buying anything on that label <laughs> and borders would get like the zotic yeah. cds and exactly stuff, yeah you know, yeah. Like, yeah. You, know yes. you could you yes. could pick those they up would. and i mean it was, it was exciting <laughs> it was it was such a great time back in back in that day but you know as matt said i mean the way this album kicks off oh. ultra cocker we're going to be, and you know, hey, you know, hey, not safe for work. We're going to be saying the word cock a lot. On this <laughs> so episode. many just, times you know we're going to say Heads the word up, cock. Everybody. Every um, song yeah. title. So uh, <laughs> at least, at least eight times. But I think we've already covered a couple right now. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. Cock. in the mix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just that feedback into just absolute physical noise. And it, this is just, you know, it, especially doing this. And I, I mean, obviously, all being just lifelong noise fans, but obviously the, doing this podcast and really digging in so specifically and so intently listening to this stuff, you start to get, you start to sort of 
see where, okay, you know, Japanese noise, you know, Italian noise, there's an Italian sound and there's this sound. And, you know, I think of the American sound, you know, I obviously think of Richard Ramirez and the haters and stuff. But this to me almost is the closest to sort of American noise that, that from Japan, like there's really not a lot of Japanese noise that sounds like this. Mm. It has this physicality and this, you know, blasted chaos in the red, but it's, and it's, you know, it has that live feel and it's, you know, you know, maybe something like incapacitance comes close, but it's still different than that. Cause it's not electronic. Right. It's, it feel, I mean, maybe there's some electronics here and there, but it feels like you're throwing everything in a room and throwing yourself in that room and just turning everything up to 10. And this is what comes yeah. out. Everything except the vocals. Well, <laughs> well, well, in this track, yeah. the, vocals the vocals are like are some weird, awesome. like, I, I mean, in my mind, it's some, you know, some song. That yeah, like a just, chant almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you make the, those vocals out, Matt? Yeah, so the so the first track, though, it, it's a it's definitely a loop of some chanting, and the only yeah. word I can pick, because later he does do some pre-recorded stuff, which I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I know what the source of that is, but, and then his own vocals, too. Um, but in this first track, there's a word hanya in the in the chanting, and that's usually associated with Buddhist chanting. But that's the only word I can make out. But it's usually oh, okay. when you have Buddhist chanting, it's hanya haramita paramita hanyo hanyo gyate gyate hanyo gyate. So I, I'm pretty sure it's something like that 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 he's just distorted and, and put a mic in front of. I oh, love so the cool. chanting on this so much. It adds yeah. so much character, and then there's just this this destruction and, you know, watching the videos of like oil barrels being thrown around. And a lot of this sounds like it was run through an oil barrel. Like there's this reverb, but it's nasty and tanny, but also just sounds like sort of wholesale physical resonant destruction. There's, you know, when you, when you say like American noise and especially, yeah, Ramirez, I think of him with a piece of scrap metal, this has that same tone to it and you're right. Yeah. You don't hear that in uh, really a lot of the Japanese stuff. And this is 1985. I, what I wouldn't yeah. give yeah. to see how this was recorded. Like I have so many questions and it's, it's got more fidelity or more technique in parts than you kind of get from this opening. But one of the things I'm also reminded of when listening to this is, early 80s UK like you know we talk about like Ramla or something like the the in the room but that's a little more austere but even like the the kind of painful frequencies of White House that that is when we when Ultra Cocker opens that's what you get like if someone started kind of instead of a chanting started just yelling at me I would I would feel at home also but then the noise under it is just it's like broken it's I don't know you know, I don't I don't use like a tube screamer or whatever. I know it's like a wildly popular pedal for guitars, but I, this is this record because of the the way everything howls makes me think the whole thing is just run through like a tube screamer or some like thing that gives it this character that's kind of undefinable because everything meets and melts through that. I, I think that that's funny. You guys have all come to that conclusion. I, I wrote in my notes later on that there are elements where you can kind of hear a contact mic inside of a barrel or so. I think that's what it is. But there are times where I'm like, this absolutely could be Romer, Stella, Sewer Election, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, that's yeah. all I came yeah. up with. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, it's, 
Did sewer electric, because this could just be interchangeable with some of that. So it's electroacoustic, but then blown out, but simple like that. But it's definitely a human body and not a pedal doing the work. Yeah, yeah the only yeah, like, Japanese artist that I would think of would be like the metal junk of K2. Yeah, right, because right, right. Because every, yeah. like, everything layered, yeah. is metallic, Ex- you know? Right, like this is, yeah, right, exactly. Less cut up, more yes. just sort of in the in the moment and that's what all of this feels is Mm -hmm. in the moment and yeah of course from the little video and that is the thing it is sad or I mean or at least what little video has been available of live performances I mean that is what you picture right you just picture the metal being thrown around you just I mean I mean hey you picture a bulldozer. I mean, you know, <laughs> and you rightly know, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously the most infamous gig that there's only pictures of. Yeah. Uh, and, and but there's a good slideshow. Like, like even online, you can see it from many oh, different vantage yeah. points. And I thought it was interesting that I said that he couldn't throw the Molotov cocktail at the end of the set because <laughs> the bulldozer had flipped and was leaking gasoline. So if he threw the Molotov cocktail, everything would light on fire. So that's why everybody had to leave because there was gasoline everywhere. You guys ever flip a bulldozer before? <laughs> no. Never. No, I've definitely driven one, though. <laughs> they used to leave the keys in those in work sites in Kentucky. They're all, uh, most of them are universally keyed. Fun fact, you yeah. can buy a yeah. key on yeah. eBay that will gain you access to uh, most tractors, bulldozers, anything with a single key. Yeah. <laughs> I never got adventurous with them, but I'm so glad I did. Just don't drive them through uh, any gigs, please. Yeah, yeah, it's been done. I mean, if for no other reason than have some taste. Yeah, it, well, you know, in in articles, it, it always says that it did the equivalent of what how whatever the yen equivalent of is like nine thousand dollars. Yeah, it was like damage. sixty thousand yen only, or nine thousand dollars. Nine thousand dollars. Like it seems like that's it. They just like that. That seems like it did a little more damage. Yeah, than that, it's a kill for inflation yeah, yeah, yeah. and say it's like what. 17 grand like that's like far more like it seems like it did structural damage to bring a bulldozer in and then fill the place and and the one thing that i couldn't find and and matt maybe you know you know gx talked about how you know he would do a lot of the club destroying gigs and and that basically the club would be closing and they invited Mm -hmm. him to come do the gig i didn't see anything where the club was like cool with him doing the bulldozing do you know yeah i would say that that actually i've read and been told that that is actually a hijo kaidan situation which is to say that once they had the reputation for the throwing fish and talcum powder mm-hmm. and urine yeah. around that they were banned from certain places in kanza and kyoto but there were tokyo places that were like you know what we're gonna call it a day it's kind of like someone's moving out of a house you know this is fake. Yeah. It, it, right, they, right. when did when detroit was hitting the skids it was definitely like bring your sledgehammer and we're gonna start a fire and you know, right. I, I think it was kind of that's, but I've never heard that with, um, with Hana Tarash because I don't, I, I, th- I know he went up to Tokyo, but that was a lot later after he had potentially, or so I've been told agreed to not be as destructive, but at this point, you know, Kansai had the reputation between Hijo Kaiden and, and its various iterations at, at Kyoto university and then whatever clubs right. and coffee houses would have them mm-hmm. in Osaka, um, that I, I think both are probably just carried that reputation or anybody coming out of, of Osaka had that rap. Yeah. Mizana, and, and Mizana included. Oh, definitely. And <laughs> in addition to like potentially endangering the crowd, I mean, yeah. also endangering himself. Yeah. I, you know, um, when I see pictures of him, he looks different. Like if you look at pictures he, around, he that, really he does. Like he it's really shocking does. how much different he looks when he had that, like the, I think the video you're talking about where he has the, the ball, or it's like a ball and chain, and he's like swinging it around. Yeah, oh, the bowling yes. ball and yeah. the chain. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about the um, buzzsaw 
um, yeah. circular saw strapped <laughs> to his back where he nearly yeah. severed his leg. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so many, so many examples. I mean, I don't know, yeah. you know, if, if that then made him concentrate more on musicality as, as the tracks on like this one track on this, that's, that's like the last track. That's more of like a UFO or die thing. But this first one definitely sets the, the course for harsh noise. Oh, it totally does. And then you get right into power cock and it's just trash oil drum abuse. Again, that physical, just physical noise, you know, and man, I just, we're, yeah, if you're, I mean, we're just in, we're just in on this track. Everything you say, as, a, as my notes were junk noise barrel, question mark, of course, it's yeah. a barrel. but there's also some four track panning, like early, like yes. remember Tascam where you could do that and you would just go, all right, well, let's hard pan At that. I'm, I'm re-listening to it last night. I picked up that I don't recall ever hearing before, probably, you know, because I'm I'm forensically unpacking this. But it sounds it sounds like a studied. It's not embryonic, but it is embryonic, right? This is '85, and there's no other than William Bennett. He's just I I'm assuming he's in his bedroom because that's where all the U4 die recordings were done. But it does sound like almost like elements of composition are in there rather than improv, and. That's just how it, it unpacks to me, like, especially when you when you get into this two, about halfway through the track, if you have headphones or if you're kind of centered between the speakers, you will hear there's two distinct, I think, two different, maybe overdubs. Yeah, but panned. those also sound like uh, two different mics of the same thing through a lot of the yeah. track, like the stereo stuff going on is like different processing, different microphone on the same kind of thing, but also with something extra sure. going on over it. So. Yeah, four track because it sounds like some like kind of tape gurk, like weird, just nasty tape captured sound. And yeah. this one, I, I really felt like it could be the new block haters. Like it could, it has yeah. Oh, yeah. some of that same energy, the haters like that. Definitely. That just constant chaos. And the the oil barrel again is so prevalent in my mind because of the video, but also like it sounds like that thing is on a damn rock tumbler and it's just got this constant <laughs> tumbling, rumbling junk metal sound happening. And it's like dropping uh metal, like metal rain falling on a tin roof or something too. There's yes. just all these clattery sounds that are unidentifiable, but powerful and engaging. So you're just listening through all this mess to all this mess. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I kind of know what that is. Uh, first of all, you know, you're just putting a lot of silverware in a garbage disposal. Then you take your big metallic <laughs> cock and you put it into a light socket. Oh, your power and cock. Then your yeah. power <laughs> cock. And then it's just so erect. You're running around the kitchen, knocking everything off the counter. And so like at all the, the metal pans and pots are flying everywhere. Um, and then I thought maybe, you know, the cock is blank, the set too. So to me, this like told a story. Well, it makes sense because... After this, you get a spunked cock. I love this. This is my favorite track. Very so you, short, this for is, a very short period of time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, hey, you know, that's it's how it goes. You know, the, the vocals and the madness just thrashing around the room for 45 yep. seconds, you know, basically. This, this track is unhinged. Yes. Like if you're looking to like see somebody, something absurd, something crazy, like the sound of madness, like this is it. I love it. It's chaos. Like it's, it's like the beauty of chaos and it, and it just like soothes me. So I like that you said this track is unhinged after we've made it through ultra cocker and power cock two two, two <laughs> fully, we're getting unhinged. fully hinged pieces of sound yeah now we're now we're getting crazy <laughs> i don't know why this was now for me like it, it moved so f- like frantically now one question we tara and i had and 
Matt, we're hoping you could mm-hmm. answer this is, you know, we're talking about I a lot, but but also involved in Hanada Rash's Mitsuro Tabata? Tabata? Yeah, yeah, Mitsuro Tabata. Yeah, Tabata. So now, is he involved in on this recording as far I, as you know, or, I, or any recordings? I have recent contact with him and I will ask mm-hmm. him that question. Uh, yeah. Might I have think, a follow up. Oh, cool. yeah, I, I might too. I, I was asking him about something that was unrelated to this. I don't think he makes any appearance on this album. Um, there are pictures of uh, of I with an with another gentleman who you've probably seen. He's got kind of the shaved head and they're leaning against a car. Right, right, right. Yes. Yeah, classic picture. Yes. He's an actor. He's not a musician. He's just kind of there. And um, there's kind of a boredom's tie-in with him as there is with Tabata-san. But I think for Tabata, for Tabata, it's it's Hanatrash four and five, and and okay. maybe a, maybe a live bootleg, but yeah, not not this particular one. Gotcha. gotcha. As far as I know, and and, and I mean, do, do have you heard or any of those early tapes that precede this LP? I, I own one. Yeah, I, I found one. <laughs> I mean, those oh, are yeah. those are got to be cool. about as rare as they come. I mean, it's pretty. I've never rare. seen any yeah. in person. I um yeah that that I in fact I only got it in the last couple of years, but. Uh, I, I was congratulated on finding that by no less than uh, Mikawa-san. Uh, wow. Mikawa, he's like, hey, good find. I'm like, okay, that's it. That's my Raiders of yeah, the Lost, yeah, yeah. Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. The hat comes off. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, the, but that one is, and I'll send you guys a, a screen cap of that one. That is, um, it, it, yeah, it was, I, there used to be an alchemy brick and mortar store. And right. and when I first went to Japan, that was still open. Um, it, it still exists now. It's been handed down to a lovely couple um, who run it. And and they're probably JoJo's age. Anyway, I go in there every time I go, no, like it's not on anyone else's path. Like when I have friends that go to Osaka that go record shopping, they don't hit this place. And and it's kind of a, a miss. The, the noise section is extremely small, but I've... I found this and it was wow. a, a once in a lifetime find. Yeah. It's uh so it does proceed. There's a number that precede this actually that this one right. isn't, isn't on the, there's a flyer I sent to gray uh, yeah, a, yeah. a little bit ago. And that was like a flyer that you would just see at any record store, King Kong or, or alchemy or uh, time bomb. And it would just say what's coming up with alchemy or what's coming up in this particular case with Hana trash. It's not even listed on there. So um yeah, the ones that precede this are all like 84, I think they're listed as coming out. Yeah. So I think he was just doing bedroom stuff as everyone was and then just giving them to friends. Um, yeah, how does that tape compare to this in terms of sound? It, it's, it's, you can see why it's not very well known. It's, it's not a realized thing. It's definitely like an also did this. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's pretty totally. it's wild. It's a one take. It's probably improv, but you know, <laughs> there's a lot of looping and tape loops. And I, I think that was uh, every once in a while he would go into a karaoke booth uh, somewhere and then he would just record him doing something in there and then go back and then layer stuff over that. So although I've never heard, uh, I think it's called diamond sore tooth is diamond or something like that. It's a, it's a one of one that has his tooth in it in the packaging. And it's a oh, CDR wow. that came out of a karaoke booth. Um, so this tape is like that, where I, I, I just think he went in there and, and, and recorded shit. You know, there might be some uh, karaoke material on yes. this because there's there's that sort of uh, echo delay that you get with the yes. karaoke mic uh, or you know systems that Definitely. I hear on some of it, and so and also just uh, some some music, some pre recorded music in a couple of these tracks. Yeah, it's like B one or B two, yeah, for sure. 
That's exactly what uh, that yeah, is. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would say probably cock victory. But cock victory. Before we yeah. get, we have to have that megaton cock just explode. <laughs> and yep, that's just... that's an example. Maybe that is. Maybe he just found a room, brought yeah. some metal in, and threw himself and the metal around the room, <laughs> and this is what came out: the megaton cock. Yeah, I, 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 I would say you're probably right. So it's saying, like, what do you do with a megaton cock? It just keeps blowing everything up and rearranging your furniture. Your megaton cock makes your amp feedback. I mean, what are you supposed to do, really? It's a bomb. It's a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound, I, I wrote down hinges on this, too. I wrote down rusty hinges, though. I, oh, I, I yeah. I feel like there's a rusty hinge. It's a tense which, whining kind yeah. of high-end or feedback on this. I know exactly the sound you're talking about. It, and that becomes a staple for everyone else later too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all kind of, again, like unpacking, you know, this, this document of what uh, everyone would use. On Megaton cock though, the, the fidelity kind of changes through some of the different sections too. And, you know, it's not a long track. It's two no, minutes long. Two minutes, yeah. You, there's different kind of chunks of noise that ha- definitely have a different uh, recording quality or sound quality to them. And God, it's just nasty. There's sort of that kind of, grinding i don't know I, I don't even know this one's so nasty the feedback is so tense and tight and just gross great use of feedback and contact mic banging and all of it yeah is is expert <laughs> it's expert level yeah i mean you know some experiments in 84 and then to go on to this record and this record is really just perfectly put together i mean we're coming up on you know, the longest song on the A-side, Cock Combat. And Ooh, yeah. this one is, uh, you know, sort of precursor because I think uh, the boredoms yep. now are known for, uh, you know, what, 77 <laughs> drummers, right? The boredoms. Yeah. Oh, oh, looks, oh like, looks like someone wrote maybe an early foretelling of the boredoms. Uh, maybe maybe that's yeah. what I wrote on my notes there. And, uh, and yeah. Tara had a great quote for this. You called it. Cock war drums. <laughs> there you go. Here, here come the cocks. I hear the cock war drums. They're about to have it out for their cock war cry. But yeah, in general, this one almost is a weird, obviously incredibly early foretelling of what he would go on to do with the boredoms. Because uh, even when the, you know, this really wasn't happening with the boredoms, even, you know, when the boredom started, you know, it's sort of much later, but it is this weird sort of the the use of drums. But again, it's the, the drums is the first attempt at a rhythm, but then they just they speed up, break down, come back together again, break down. You know, so it's 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 it. You 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 get lulled into a maybe you think you're going to get some sort of consistent thing, but it's going to get overblown, taken yeah. away, brought back, yeah, taken away again. That's exactly what I wrote. I wrote it veers dangerously clo- close to rhythms until it veers back. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. Like, whoa, pull that back. And I think if you lean into it. I would swear there are pots and pans, like like yeah. mm-hmm. not exclusively, obviously, but there's just enough in that texture uh, that it's like that. That does make me think this had to all be bedroom stuff. I mean, Mazau stuff was, and the later UFO or Die stuff was definitely bedroom uh, recordings in his bathroom. In his bathroom, but it, but although this portends to boredom stuff, like Soul Discharge era, and then maybe even Acid Police, although that's definitely rhythm commitment to rhythm. This is this is to me like almost a demo for you for die uh, and what he would do with Yoshimi once they hooked up or um, Chuhasegawa. 
I would say that the I, I thought both the drums and the rhythm on this piece sounded like they were held together with duct tape and like nothing is sticking too well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I hear these these vocals into into like the oil drum yeah. or into a pot or a pan with a contact mic on it or something. It's it's like not clear enough to pick out any sort of actual formant sounds, but you can tell that it's vocals are yelling in yep. a way that it's like resonating in yeah, some sort of cylindrical or box metal shape with the top off. Like that's, I really hear that. And I love that sound. And this is just wailing and blasting and clattering. And, and yeah, this great use of drums as someone who is, I would say not traditionally a fan of drums in mm-hmm. noisier music. This is, this does it. it. It, I think it's the first track we hear his voice, right? I mean, when, when we think of, I now I think- it's, it's, Oh, it's the guy that does the thing with the, you know, he's this incredible vocalist. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an instrument. This is the first track we hear it. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, the ultra cocker, we get the chanting. But, but yeah. that's not. That's not. Yeah, that's probably somebody else. I thought yeah. there were some vocals on uh, domination and spunk. Oh, domination and spunk cock. There's vocals mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, and the uh, megaphone, like yeah, a megaphone it's like, it's like, affected, it's very crazy. Quick. It's very quick. Okay, this mm-hmm. his vocals reminded me of a peacock cry, like. <laughs> They actually, yeah, you play the peacock sounds like it actually it sounds like a peacock. Like a peacock. Uh, yeah. So it, it totally made me think of a peacock. And then what are those firecrackers that go off really fast? Are they M80s? Like, have you yeah. ever, yeah, when you put those in a pot, uh, I thought I heard that on this track. It reminded me of what it sounds like when you put an M80 in a pot and close the lid. An M80 or, or uh, like black cats, like a string of fireworks. Like the, oh, the string. Yeah, black yeah, cats. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like a like Chinese goes, New Year, yeah. Yeah, set each other off. So definitely I heard that here too. You, you know what's interesting is we were sort of talking about how so much of what's happening in this record we're we're going to hear in later years of noise and and you know even up to now but it does feel that there was a as far as a lot of the Japanese noise projects I mean there seems to be a cutoff point with Hanadarash where they sort of don't really they're not on you know Japanese American Noise Treaty they're not mm-hmm. on American Noise they sort of seem to exist in their own world. Mm. And, you know, obviously the third record is on Triple R, but other than that, they sort of like, there There seems to be a point where they didn't cross paths with some of the, the sort of, I guess, second generation of noise, I guess we can call it, you know, the sort of later 80s early 90s stuff you know they're not you know they they don't have a track on a self-abuse comp you know these kind of things do you I mean do you think there was a and, and even even in later interviews he sort of goes on to not he doesn't necessarily have the greatest things to say about noise in the world you know but i don't really know when that break happens i i honestly don't think he saw himself in that world, right? Like I, right. I, mm-hmm. I, I forever do, right? Because I wasn't interested if it wasn't from Osaka for those number of years, just because of you know my Irish Catholic habitual nature is like no, 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 no. This is where we enter. This is where we stay. So <laughs> I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like I missed out on a lot because of that. But uh, from what I've heard from my Japanese friends at the time, if you asked Yamatsuka I to do something and he was into it and he liked you, he'd say yes. You know, I, right. I don't think that the, he wasn't on those comps because he wasn't asked. It just didn't interest him. I would, I would right. recognize, I think he still to this day, from what I understand, sees himself as an artist and however that comes out, it comes out. And that is going to be on his terms, no matter what it is. That's how the boredoms have evolved. You know, Hana Trash 
itself evolved when we get to Hunter Trash 5. Um, it's just that this seminal release influenced so many things like it that it's hard to believe he wouldn't be part of any kind of Japanese American noise treaty or whatever. And everyone else that was lived in that world. Yeah didn't evolve out of that world. And I don't think they wanted to, you know, within reason. So I, I just think he's that different of a, of an individual, you know, and, and then everything that was prepackaged as Osaka, there was a conversation recently about whether or not Japanese was offensive, should be used, should be not used. And I, th- I think when you had, um, you know, public bath guy on and obviously David, uh, Hopkins. David Hopkins. Yeah. He, he, he spoke a little bit about this and I, I think I would agree with him, but, but at the time it was Osaka. It was even, it was not even just Japanese. It was just, it had to be from us. It was this very distinct thing. And so when the boredom started to happen, more people in college radio and beyond that were like, Oh yeah, yeah. Osaka noise. And, you know, it, it, it gained a lot more popularity. And I don't think Yamatsuka was looking to enhance that, you know, other than what he was interested in. That That's why I think that doesn't appear. But what's odd is when it does appear later, it's like um, <laughs> GX put out the, the alphabet collection, right? The Zelphabet. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it trashes on the H. Yeah, right, right, so right. Cool. So, you know, it, here it, and you, there, sprinkles yeah. here and there. And then there's sure. there's a obviously Andy had a, a comp that or or I think a collab CD that came out with him. So yeah, it's crazy that, where that turns anarchy, out. Anarchy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But so, I mean he did he did obviously work with with Mersbau, uh, you know, a good amount on, on comps yes. on the Safu and then and mm-hmm. of course did there's a, a collab tape or a split tape and it's like one of those like it's a split, but they're also part of you know, it's one of those yeah. split slash collab tapes on Zafu. So you know obviously was working with with these people then obviously the first two records are on alchemy and i think another fascinating thing is these have never been reissued yes you know uh, one two and three have never been reissued i they're there which is pretty shocking actually Uh, even alchemy even the fact that alchemy hasn't done a another pressing of it or anything uh, but there's there's the LPs and there's some unofficial CDRs <laughs> yeah. listed. Uh, so AKA bootlegs. But I mean, Triple yeah. R did a LP and CD of three. But right. other than that, it's mm-hmm. this it's the LP. And that's how you get this. You know, that's that's it. And I think that's pretty out of, you know, obviously just living in the times we live now where so much has been reissued. It's pretty shocking that this stuff actually still is relatively, you know, harder to find. Uh, but you know, makes it special, I guess. It really does. I, yeah, it's, I, and that's not by design. I, I don't know. I would love to ask Jojo why, because there are a number of other things that were issued. Please and, do. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'll, Let's I'll get it out there. <laughs> I, got one for, I got one for Jojo and one for Tabata. There you go. There you go. We're gonna, we'll do the, we'll do the follow-up. We got uh, follow a to-do up. list. We got a follow-up. But hey. You got to find out who wins the cock war. Whoever won the cock <laughs> combat. You know, we flipped to the B side and they've got the cock victory. There you go. What's 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 better than that? <laughs> Here we go with just total vocals, room amp feedback, just into just, you know, just mangled music. And this now, is maniacal. Yeah. I thought it was triumphant. Mm. Yeah. My Triumph- maniacally well, it's triumphant. It's yeah, victory. it's victorious. It's like, yeah. I have a theory, and I, I think just talking it out with you guys here now, that the victory and the cock victory, so that you know that the William Bennett has no cock or William Bennett has no penis on on three, Hanshrash three. Oh, yeah. It's on the spine anyway. Yeah. But these, these vocals, though, uh, are so high-pitched and nasally and of a, of a different 
uh, you know, it's, it's range for him. And then there's a song after this where we get more eye range. But the two things that jump out to me here are that we get, to my knowledge, the first indication of I speak. So when he's in boredoms and he's doing it's kind of like scatting it's not they're not words they're not japanese they're not english it's just he's he's creating words right mm. but it's done i gotta think that this is is direct william bennett you know just, uh, this is almost no way to see it for me otherwise. This, this track was is total white house it starts out like a rector like peter Curtin. it mm-hmm. has that empty room feedback vocals yep but then it does go into it, it then it does go into this that, that has like a song and and this is where you're maybe thinking this is a karaoke yeah, yeah. room yeah that makes sense yeah, I, I I wrote that down too I wrote karaoke <laughs> is yeah. this karaoke well, yeah. okay, pre-record yeah well that's what you I I actually didn't th- you 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 kind of said that earlier oh, okay. as we yeah. were talking and yeah. I didn't realize that he did stuff like that oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I only saw that one release. The the again that one off release that's so special. Somebody actually put it up on Discogs, which I think is cruel. Uh, but uh, yeah, his his karaoke, <laughs> yeah. you know, three inch CDRs. That's right that there. Has special his, that's release. the one with his, his tooth in it. Yeah, it, it looked insane. <laughs> oh, I yeah. just I know it's just that's a flex right there. <laughs> you know, I think that you <laughs> if you if you wanted to record something and you didn't have recording equipment at home or wanted some sort of different recording equipment. Going to the karaoke booth seems like a like a cool move. Like that's not something I would ever think of, but like going and just oh, I can record here, so I'll tell them to like start the track after two minutes, and I'll like do it's clever, some weird yeah. stuff while they're recording, you know. And I mean, hey, the, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've used a karaoke machine. I actually don't have any right now, but that's still some of the best delay. Just that. That crappy oh, karaoke so machine good. delay is still some of the best delay you can get because it just is like it's that specific thing yeah. that it's just a pedal is not going to do it. It's this no. crappy tape karaoke thing is going to is going to get you where you need to go. Almost and, no um, options. So you have to make it work for yeah. you. You know, it's not like a a nice pedal with like six knobs and all this like tempo sync. You just got this kind of yeah crappy karaoke <laughs> delay. We got so many miles out of my cassette karaoke yeah, it machine. Yours. It was crazy. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> now, Matt, did you see the boredoms around the time you were starting to get into this stuff in like the early 90s? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, my, my obsession was strong and fast. And and and, and so I, I read everything, banana fish research and um, anything I could get my hands on. And there's a guy called Matt Kaufman who had a, a zine with David Hopkins back then uh, called Exile Osaka. And Damien was able to get a couple of the first issues and then I bought the rest there. But in, and I would call Matt Kaufman and ask (laughs) all kinds of questions. Um, But the one that came up was, you know, you just have to see him live or them live or whatever you can do to see it. Um, The, the way I saw them, I saw them at the Roxy first and they had just played NME, the new music express in New York, where I guess their equipment was stolen so there was like this big push and everyone was talking about before they got no it's it either enemy or cmj i think it might have been cmj it would, have been, C- it would have been cmj yeah okay so they played uh strike that they played at the at the whiskey and they opened up with these drums that were and it might have been acid police but it hadn't been released then so you just hear the drums going and then you hear screaming but you don't know where it's coming from i, I think the, i've got the flyer for this show because truman's water opened up from um and so I think the year might have been 93. At this point, I was super into everything in that world. 
boredoms wise and and everything uh, Yamatsuka I and then you heard the screaming and it was I who was on the balcony of the whiskey and if you've been to the whiskey you know that that's where the artists are and then you got you can right. walk down the stairs so he was swinging from the balcony and I thought is he going to attempt to jump from the balcony to the stage and it was just a long call and response of vocals and drums you know um, and that was the first time I saw them and I'm like well this is it I, I'm ruined I need to hear nothing after this this is everything sucks it's dark and the world you know what I mean until I until I saw the haters, I was like, uh, this and only this, please. Wow. Right, right. I mean, and I, I had a very similar experience, but but went in much more blind seeing them at Lollapalooza. I mean, I've, I've told the story uh, a times, but I mean, right? that was, no, 94. Okay. So 94. So again, I, you know, I've told the story a million times, but, you know, I'm going to see the Beastie Boys, L7, you know. You know, I, I, I always liked the weirder parts of Sonic Youth Records, but mm-hmm. I had no... I didn't know who the boredoms were. I mean, they opened, right? I had no no warning, no any notions of what, what this was going to be. And my 14-year-old brain was just blown in half. Yeah. I sold my Siamese Dream CD the next day <laughs> and bought Pop-Tatari. And yeah, that was, you know, more or less it for me. And right. But it would have been, you know, maybe a year later or so. But it was just like, what is this? And, but, and it's but, a guy running around with a cardboard with box that, on one, his head. One of the guys, it, one of the guys had a cardboard box yeah. almost fully covering his body. I, right. I found footage not from that one because I was in Chicago, grew yeah. up in Chicago. So, but I found footage from maybe the day or two later, and I was like, "Oh my god, it was there! It was that's what I saw." But kind of like you're saying, Matt. Once I then heard for me, for me, it was Mersbau. It was like, oh. Yeah, this is actually more what I think I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for. And, and you know, obviously full respect, you know, and, and especially I can't imagine I'm not the only one who saw that and then dove into some a whole other world, you know, so that's, off that's, the, that's the best yeah. thing. And it's such it sets someone like, you know, a teenager like me up for listening yeah. to Mersba. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah. it is a, it was the gateway drug. I mean, it was truly the gateway drug and, but that's cool. You some of the whiskey. I mean that, I mean that was, must've been, it, you know, oh, just that room. That it, cool. it gets a little better because the second time they came out, that would have been for pop Tatari. Um, Damien at this point, he's very quiet about who he knows, you know? And so the next show is at the Roxy with three day stubble and polar goldie cats. And I show up early as, as you do, I get right at the front, absolutely right at the front standing in front of you, uh, Yamamoto san. And after the show, I'm talking to Damien, um, by the tour bus, which they had parked right there on sunset. And the band walks out through the front door past me, Damien and Don Bowles. And we all walk on the tour bus together. And I'm like, I'm just going to follow. Fuck it. If you look like right, you know yeah, what you're yeah, doing, yeah. who's the best with you? But they were like, Damien, Damien, Damien. And they were all about him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, well, you, you, you know them. And he's like, yeah, we went to dinner before the show. You know what I mean? It's like, God. <laughs> Amazing. But this was the tour, and I guess the Don Bowles connection was they had seen Don Bowles riding around uh, that afternoon on his moped, and they flagged him down. They're like, Don Bowles, Don Bowles, the germs, we are the boredoms. And of course, he knows who they are. And I, this, the legend is he took them to Black Market Music, which was this used music store on um, La Cienega back in the day, and they bought a bunch of pedals and trumpets and whatever the F else they did. But I was like, Damien, man, I got to stick closer to you because this is. <laughs> <laughs> I like you were like I'm creeping on. Oops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but then it was okay. Well, if you like that, then let's go to KXLU the next day. They're performing live.
life, but nobody knows about it. So I got to be in the room where they did a, um, a super root set. So like oh, me cool. and two other people and that, that someone filmed it. It's on YouTube now, but you can see me kind of in the door jam there watching them do their, their kind of super root set. So that, that's how much more intimate it got around them. And, and there's oh, no going back so after cool. that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's more of the Damien connection. there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But man, I'll tell you what, on this record, we're coming up to the longest track. Our this cocks one. are rising <laughs> and our cunts are hunging. Hunging cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Cock rising and hunging is it, cunts. What, is, is hunging a word? Sure it is now. <laughs> uh Yes, it I is. Don't, I don't know if it is. Is it hungry? Yeah. Is it hanging? Is it uh is it a combination of those two it's things? All, it's it's like being hangry uh-huh. or horngry. Horngry. Yeah, you're horny and angry. Yeah. Um, I, I think whatever it is, the cunt is made of sheet metal. You know what I mean? Like whatever the situation is, whatever hunging is, it must mean that it's made of sheet metal and it's and it's flapping around all over the place. No, look, this is after you after you bulldoze, you gotta like build a new thing. And so this is just that construction recorded. <laughs> Shoot. Totally. This one this is wild. It is all over the place. It's got it's got twerping and organ and I, I, there's keyboard in there. Like oh, what, brash what doesn't organ. this have? Very yes. brash, right? Like it's almost like two-tone ska, like that kind of punchy, <laughs> like chesty kind of thing. But it also does seem more pre-recorded, but it can't be kind of okay because it's just organ. It's like, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, it's the, text, textbook stuff. It's so, I mean, this is just long form chaos and destruction. Yeah, it's just, it's everything is thrown in. Everything's destroyed and then thrown away and then a new thing. I was, in. I was describing it as toilet resonance and metallic barfing. I mean, hey, <laughs> and I, there's think, a, I think that does it. There's some sort of a almost Masana like vocal <laughs> stylations on Gray. this too. That's exactly <laughs> what I wrote down. That's exactly <laughs> what I wrote down, dude. That's dude. Who's, what, chicken and egg, man. But so in, 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 in some passages, it sounds like the eye that we would hear later, but it also is is like Mazow asks to the point where mm, you know that Spider Man meme. Whatever. <laughs> 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 what, what, That's funny. Mazow think did he? You know, surely they must have traded tapes. I don't. I don't really know, but there's there's no other way. But as the, as the track goes on, he kind of develops more into that um, improv vocal stuff that 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 becomes, I think, his 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 signature. Right, like. Uh, generally speaking, there was a time where the boredoms gained more popularity and people would be like, oh, I like noise. I like the boredoms. I'm like, "Eh, that's not noise, you know, but Mm -hmm. um, if you really wanted to forget that Yamatsuka Eye was crucial to harsh noise, and I think that does get forgotten, at least people like my age and stuff who saw the the rise and and popularity of of the boredoms uh, are like, he really was, and this is a track that I wrote that you would play to somebody, me, who forgets that this album and maybe this track and this artist was so groundbreaking for what we now traditionally call harsh noise. This 100%. is it. This is the track. This yeah. has it all. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just bulldozer, tornado, lay waste noise. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, a just lay waste everything. Onslaught. There's a constant like tumbling, just always in motion noise. And just, it's a, it's a cacophonous hell. It's just 
there's constantly sound and it's constantly nasty. And there's, you said chirps. There is some sort of like weird filter sort of, I can't tell what it is. And it, it moves around in the stereo field. And it's kind of the only semblance of electronics mm. I even hear on this really. And I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. Well, you know, I was listening to this and I had this thought, uh, and, and I was like, why, why do we like this? Like I, I heard like every bit of this album, I'm like, why do I love this so much? It gets me very excited. We listened to this, what, three times, maybe four times today. Today. Yeah. Um, just today. Uh, and, and I'm like, you know, it's like when you have that thought that the world is absurd and then you hear something like this and it confirms it. And it's kind of like you're commiserating on the absurdity of being a person. You're like, yes, that's confirmation. That is the world. That is a better description than all these other like organized, beautiful tunes with with chords and progress and that do things. It also, you know, this is us comes down to this just like absolute absurd, chaotic breakdown where we don't know what the hell is going to happen next. And we don't know what's making that sound. And we have some guesses, but I don't know. I love that. So it's funny you say that because the I'm engaged to pick out what is making the sounds, especially again yeah. listening to it last night. I'm engaged. I'm fully like cooperating with what he's putting down. You know, I'm picking it up. Then the last five, ten now it's the last five minutes. It gets so gelled together that it's like a trap. I'm 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 like when I listen to my favorite haters recording like you know I, okay you got me i'm there i don't even know how much time has expired but i right, am absolutely right. fully now you've taken over i'm actually not engaged at this point i'm i'm just passive and here we are we're we're, we're floating in this last five minutes of everything kind of gelling together i guess gel is the word i'm looking for <laughs> everything gels together coagulates it's like it's like actively trying to solve a puzzle constantly and then you just let yourself go to the chaos yes yes which is both fun. Both of those practices are, are engaging. It's, it's really incredible. And to end this incredible album, we have a track which will <laughs> become the name of the most serious noise artist <laughs> of our time. Cock E-S-P. It's a great title, and it works great as a band name. and A serious band. A very serious <laughs> noise. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> Ernest. But this is the most, the closest we get to music. It, 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 yeah. It, and that, I, you know, it, it, um, it, it's unfortunate because I feel like this could have been a UFO or die and maybe should have been a UFO or die track that there was a release that came out. that's called Hannah trash in his eye. It's a seven inch. Like in public bath. Has, yeah, public bath. Yeah. That, and I think David Hopkins may have talked about this when he was on your show, but um, but I think that that was meant to be Hannah Trash, and he changed it at the last minute to be Hannah Trash in his eye because it was so dissimilar to other Hannah Trash tracks. So mm. this, this I think, falls into that category. Um, it, again, again, another one that could be a, more of a UFO or die track than, than the earlier one, but especially because you have rap, what looks like maybe rapping and delay with the vocal effects that are, are very um, almost Onani Bomb era, Boredom's type delay. And and there was that kind of like junk rap that, that he would do um, around about the time of Onani Bomb and the Sex Pistols and uh, that that it doesn't fit for me with the rest of this album. But I like it, you know. Yeah, right, right. It's still, <laughs> it's good, but it is a it's a curveball at the very yeah. end. 
Yeah. Yeah, but still better I, than I most. I appreciate the curveball. Yeah, it's an it's an odd it's an odd way it's like an odd sort of. But epilogue. it's like a different way for them to throw you a curveball. And yeah. that vocal effect, by the way, I love it. Like, oh, it's it's expert. Yeah, yeah. it's. Expert. I love that vocal effect. Yeah, he, it, it it's so strange and it's so. Yeah, just yeah, just a, a curveball right at the end, but it'll be the beginning of many curveballs. There you go. From oh, you know, yeah, I feel like I feel like I is on only curveballs. Really, yeah. so it's fine. It's it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, one, Matt, one more you, of did, many. Did you go see when he was here like a year or two ago? You know, I knew he was coming. Uh, and it, it just came and went. And I think it might've been some Dougal cancer stuff that, that kept me from paying as close attention as I ought to have. I, I, and I knew for months before he was coming, that he was coming. I just didn't know exactly when, um, we I, found out during the show. So we uh, missed no, it. it was awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cause yeah. it also had a bunch of great, I've seen a bunch of the, cause it was also like a photography show of, yeah, of Japanese stuff. Yeah. Man. Amazing. I've seen a bunch of the pictures. Uh, mm. But did did miss out on the show. I also think we had something else going on that night, but mm. it was one of those things where, oh, it was. There was a show going on because people came later and they're like, oh, we assumed you guys Why would be Why weren't you there? Why, we <laughs> we had no know. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so that <laughs> is what, but that's, hey, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the tragedy of living in a, in a city. Sometimes you, there's, I mean, well, it used to be there'd be so much going on. Sometimes you got a lot just, of hard choices. Yeah, Not yeah, really any yeah, choices things, now. Yeah, things change a little you know, bit. But, but it's cool. When was the last time you saw any any performance of I? He well, he did the two that come to mind. The very last time was when the Boredoms came out and played the John Ford. What's that one that's at like Bronson and Hollywood, that theater right there on the south Ford side of theater. Hollywood? Ford Theater. Okay, so the Boredoms played there, and before they played, this would have been when they had the. Th- three or four drummers and I had that guitar that had the double neck and he would smash the strings. That was that era of boredoms. And, but before the show, he brought up this giant like stage light bulb. It's the size of a basketball. And then he would kind of wave it around and create these different sounds. It was kind of a hum of a fluorescent light bulb. And that was oh, cool. as close cool. to a Hana Trash show as I think we're going to get in this modern time. Although the footage I saw from that Blum and Poe show was similar to, he had like gloves that were sound gloves. So yeah. similar approach to that. I think, both could have been classified as 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 Hannah Tarash type performances, although not not billed as such. So that was the very last time I saw him. Um, but in Japan, I saw he was doing DJ stuff. I think he still may do DJ stuff. But at the time I was in Japan, he was doing quite a bit of that. And there's a club called Club Miruku, and I was hoping for violent destruction and. And it, it, he he definitely delivered that, but there was a lot of DJ stuff to sit through before. But he basically ground the the, the needle into the record and then threw the <laughs> threw the turntable into the audience as as you do. So that would have been my last time. <laughs> How about yourself? Would, would that have been the lullaby? Honestly, honestly, that I've never seen him since. Yeah, I've okay. never seen any yeah, any incarnation since. And yeah, you yeah you you probably never yeah because we never would have, have gone to oh no. Oh, I just remembered I saw him I saw him on Super R at the Metro in Chicago. So that would have been what 98. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I so I did see that. I saw I did see that when you know when it would sort of turned into what it ended up becoming for, you know, the more long form, you know, kind of crowdy, mm. you know, drum based, you know, psychedelic stuff for lack of a better term so yes i did see that i i, I remember that i did see that grave you ever seen the boredoms in any capacity never and actually i i think i heard pop tatari too late i heard it like mm. after i'd already heard mertzbau oh. and stuff and so it, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it yeah, just yeah, didn't yeah. it just didn't grab me no yeah. and uh 
still like I haven't really gone back and revisited the boredom stuff. I'm loosely familiar and I've heard probably, you know, most of the, I don't know, the albums up until that point at this time, you know, now, but, uh, it just wasn't one of those things where I was like, I'm sure if I had seen them at Lollapalooza, my mind would have absolutely exploded. Yeah, you know, just- it's different. You know, when you're not, mm-hmm. you know, when go when we go as far as we've all gone to sort of go back and sort of try to get your brain in that. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's shockingly musical, you know, like yeah. looking back now on it when when at the time if it was the first thing you ever heard it'd be like oh my god like yeah. what a ruckus yeah, yeah but it's like yeah. oh no they obviously know what they're doing and actually and and i think it sounds more like something like the butthole surfers than it does yes. right a band i love to my very core the butthole sure, surfers but, uh, so, yeah. like, sure 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 uh, and, and, but that was something you also got into heard in, at in that high school time. yeah same absolutely. here you know same, I, same with all all of us yes. I'm sure, you know so so it's it is one of those things where i think there's certain bands that if you just weren't 14 or young enough or just or just that excitement and you hadn't heard anything like it before that it's sort of hard to like show somebody like not you know like i have to get you back into my mind frame like i can't even it's gonna be too hard to yeah do. give me painkiller um, you know i don't i don't need the boredoms give me painkiller give me something like and who's painkiller again what's the lineup it's, it's, it's bill laswell and, and john zorn and and uh and mick harris is on some of the oh, it's mick harris mm-hmm. yeah I, for so, some reason, I was thinking it was Lombardo, but it's it's Mick Harris. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, man, this is so much. This is so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, guys. Thank you so I think much. This I is really like, appreciate it. We yeah. really, we like it. Like Greg said, we'd been discussing doing uh, an uh, episode with you and specifically on Hanada Rash. We knew that that's what it was going to be. And, um, you know, I'm really glad we, we ended up picking the first one. I think we could have done any, and and I know I know four is is near and dear to your heart as well. And, it, it, but it, this is yeah. different, you know. Yeah, no, it's just because I think I think that's the one everyone knows. It, it like, was available, at least the people I know. Yeah, I think that, that was what it is. You know what I mean? It, like it, it was around. Few, yeah, there you go. That's that's exactly yeah. right. That's it exactly was standard right. issue. You could buy. Yeah, you could pick it up. Yeah, we all bath it. That's right. Well, but, but it, yeah, it was actually in record stores. Public mm-hmm. bath put it out. You know, what I mean, it had U.S. distribution. Whereas these, obviously, like we said, yeah. you know, the first two are Alchemy LP yeah. only. Well, Matt, this was so awesome. Now is the time. What? Do you have coming up? This Oxenavy releases coming up and unsustainable social condition releases. Anything you got going on <laughs> now is the time to let the people know. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. The so right now we got the Leah P uh, CD, uh, Surviving the Familiar, which is out uh, as of a couple of weeks, and so we still have copies of that happening. Um, coming up is a Circuit Wound CD, full length Circuit Wound with Heck original yeah. artwork by the extremely talented and a guy I miss very much, Kevin. Kevin, you know him as KDM. Kevin McElhenney, as you probably know him from Constrain, great artist. Doesn't do an artwork for that. Uh, Peter J. Woods cassette coming up uh, when that drops. Um, so that'll be the next batch. Peter J. Woods, Circuit Wound. And then somewhere down the line, we got a Sex, Sisters, and Scathing Full Length CD happening. Oh, so great. That's, that's what's in the pipe. Yeah. And you also dropped a couple CDs recently, right? Before the Leah CD. Uh, on Oxen? Yeah, probably. It's been a slow one. I mean, Blind Date. Obviously, Jackson Pratt. What am I forgetting, man? Oh, why did I think that you had something to do with that that scum uh, 
split oh, thing in my good lord that's a reissue that's why it's not coming to the forefront of my thank you Gray. <laughs> thank you dude i appreciate that that's exactly right right it's it's the uh, government alpha scum reissue that was a, a double cassette that had come out um in very limited release in 2018 and uh, it's probably the most asked for thing for people asking about if I'm going to reissue it. And I did a CD version with some bonus tracks that they were nice enough to provide. And then some additional artwork that uh, Yoshida-san provided for the uh, CD. So yeah, that's, that's, that's out and available presently as well. Thank you for remembering that, Cray. Thank you. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, obviously we'll have, we'll have a link up to where everyone can pick up the new releases as well Thank as uh, like we said earlier we got let's uh, let's sell out the uh, Tronix yes, CD head over that's, to Tronix that's right that make is room right. for Phil's next salvo absolutely yeah Heck yes. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank thanks, you guys. guys. Appreciate Su it. Such thanks. a fun talk and hey, if you can dig up this this LP, do so cuz you're only going to be rewarded with amazing noise and plenty of cock. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.